Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, today's a, a neat day. I want to introduce somebody to you. Um, you may know Blair and Susan Twig, and I want to introduce the, the latest, the, the youngest, the newest Twig grandbaby. This is Paul. This is his mom, Cindy. Cindy's uh, Blair and Susan's daughter-in-law. Hi, Cindy. Y'all welcome, Cindy. But I wanted to bring Paul up here because aren't babies just precious? Aren't they? Um, And when babies come into a family, the family changes, doesn't it? Right? Anybody had a baby come into your family? Yeah? How How does a family change when a baby comes into it? Yeah, I hear some laughing, but how does how does a family change? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of attention paid to the little one, right? Okay, what else? Chaos. It's it just upsets your your normal life. I mean, life isn't normal anymore. All of a sudden, you have somebody you have to take care of, right? What else? Oh, man, sleep deprivation, right? Oh, why can't they do this when everybody's awake? Well, everybody is awake now. What else? Joy. Joy. Just just for the, the parents? Or does that spread through all the generations? Yeah, it goes through all the generations, right? Right? How does that compare when there are... New babies born into the church family when people are born again. What are the similarities? All of a sudden there's new responsibility because somebody's got to be taken care of and raised up. What else? New relationships are there. Hope. I mean, there's good stuff that comes out of it too, right? What else? What are some other similarities? Joy. And just just for the ones that led them in the prayer? No, everybody gets involved, right? There's joy that spreads throughout all the generations in the church, right? Anything else that you can think of when someone comes into the kingdom of God in, in our midst? There's a happiness. I mean, there's there's a... There's a lot of chaos because, dang, you know, in the middle of the night and we're dealing with stuff. Why can't we deal with this during the day? And there are messes to clean up because they don't know how to live, right? They've never learned this before, but but it's worth teaching them and it's worth seeing them grow up to maturity, isn't it? New life. And the life, the life isn't just in Paul. He's, he's brought some new life and some new ways in to Cindy and, and into Blair and Susan. And the same thing happens in the church, right? When there are babies in the church, you know, people being born again and new folks coming to faith and the church is involved in that. There's life that goes throughout the whole church. Agreed? How many of you would agree with this statement? God loves babies. Paul, thank you for coming up. It's good to see you, and thank you for bringing him. Y'all give them a hand and welcome them. God loves babies. Do we have the sermon slides? Can somebody help bring the sermon slides in? Does anybody know how to do that? 
whether it's you or let's because we're going to want them and there are announcement slides too. Uh, so they need to go in the announcements. Y'all just got a preview you didn't know we'd, we'd give you. But babies bring life into the whole family. And when people are born again, when they're new children in the kingdom of God, it does the same thing. Right? Even if there's a mess and, and, and it takes time and, oh my goodness, there's so much to learn. It's such a good thing, isn't it? Because God loves babies. Um, You've heard me say it before. The way that God has set up this world is that healthy things grow. Isn't that true? Don't you see that everywhere you look in the world? Healthy things grow. Right? Healthy children will grow. Healthy plants will grow. Healthy animals will grow. Healthy churches will grow as well. Because... Healthy things will grow into maturity, and then they reproduce. It's true with animals. It's true with plants. It's true with people. It's true in churches where you find health and growth. Health and growth eventually result in reproduction. And you're going to have to click. On, I'll just keep on talking. There you go. Thank you. So healthy things grow and they reproduce. It's just what happens when you're healthy. Everybody agree? Am I talking your language? Okay. Um, the, the thing is, people and animals and plants and, and fish, and they all eventually get old enough because our world has fallen that we're not healthy anymore. And we quit reproducing. (laughs) It's okay. Some people laughed. (laughs) But it's true, isn't it? It's true. Our our bodies are are aging and, and we just get to the point where we don't reproduce anymore. But the good news is, because the life we have in the church is eternal life, we never get too old. Is that good? We never get too old in the church to reproduce. We never. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? If, if you have to leave early, God loves babies. God loves babies. God loves babies like Paul and God loves babies in the church as well. So um, this is something that Jesus is, is so concerned about that. We read a lot in, in our Bibles about what he thought of it. It's the reason behind Pentecost. All right, because God our Savior wants everyone to be saved. Do I hear an amen there? And to understand the truth. God wants everybody. He loves babies. He wants them all. He wants everybody to be saved. Well, what about the guy that's walking down the street? Yes. What about the, the waitress or waiter that, that's serving you at your table? What about your neighbor? What about your cousin? Oh, jeepers. What about your brother-in-law? Right? Yes. God loves them. So... Change, change topic. Another question for you. What do we already know about Pentecost? 
the Holy Spirit came down. Why? To give power, wisdom, knowledge. Why? To all believers. Let's let's talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, when, first of all, when do Christians first receive the Holy Spirit? When you're born again. You first receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again. When you first begin this relationship with Jesus. When you first believe in Him. Um, we're told in, in John, John 20, uh, this is Easter night, the very first Easter. Jesus was raised from the dead that morning. First one to go all the way through death and come back afterwards. Not to die again ever. So that Sunday evening, Easter evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. That's pretty cool, coming through locked doors. Peace be with you, he said, because they were freaking out. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. It's really me. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Now, this is the first time that they have encountered the one they believe to be the Messiah after their sins are paid for on the cross. This is the first time, right? And Jesus said, because this is something brand new, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So the very first thing that they're told is, first of all, calm down. Don't freak out. You're being sent. And then he breathed on them. And if you read the language, it can mean he breathed into them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's a command. And do you think they did? Yes. Yes. They received the Holy Spirit. And you did too. If you're a Christian, if you've believed in Jesus, if you've trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, if, if you believe that He was raised from the dead, I mean, you, you were, as soon as you believed, you, you uh, received that same thing. Paul told all the Christians in Ephesus that. He said, in Jesus, you also, and we could say in all souls, by the way, because you're in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, which is what? Jesus the Messiah died as was, as was told in the scriptures. And he was buried. And then he rose again on the third day, according, just like the scriptures told us. And he's still alive. All right, that's news. So when you heard that and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed. If you're a believer in Jesus, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the picture is kings and leaders used to wear a signet ring and they drip wax on official documents and push the, the ring in there so it would make a, a special pattern in the wax. And it was sealed. And you've been sealed. You've been called as, as his own forever. And the proof of that is you were given the Holy Spirit. You were born again. You actually have a new life now because you've believed. You not only have that natural life, that, that, that old nature of yours, you know, the one that gets you into trouble all. You know that one? You've got a new one. And, and, and Paul makes a big point of telling us you've got to take off the old one. You've got to kill it. You've got to leave it behind so that you can live into the new one. Because you've got 
a new life that's been given you. You've been born again. Right? That's what Jesus told Nicodemus when Nicodemus came at night. Nick at night. <laughs> the promised Holy Spirit, he's the guarantee of our inheritance, your inheritance, until we acquire possession of it. What's your inheritance? Jesus, you're living forever. You've got a brand new life that will never end. And, and you're guaranteed that because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life when you believe. Um, all because you're willing to accept that Jesus is the one that God sent to die on the cross to provide you forgiveness for your sins. And that he was resurrected. You don't have to understand the theology of atonement. You don't have to be able to explain it. It's just true. And when you believe it, even if you don't understand it all and can't write papers on it in seminary, it doesn't matter. You're born again. You receive the Holy Spirit. By trusting God and saying in, in so many ways, if you say so, I'm in. There you are. You're in. Agreed? Okay. Uh, how long did Jesus stay around after this night? Forty days he's there. Forty days he's there. Uh, we're, we're told in the beginning of Acts. During the forty days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. So he was here for forty days before he you know, catches that elevator up to heaven. He proved to them in many ways he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God the Father on earth. And once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Don't leave Jerusalem until you get this. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait a second. Time out. Don't they already have the Holy Spirit? Yes, we just looked at it. He, yeah, he breathed on them. Yes, they do have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus. So what's the deal when he's saying wait until you receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, this is something more, something extra, something different, isn't it? All right, we, we've talked to, in here about the word um, baptized. We, we, to, a, to a Jewish person, when they talk about being baptized, their word for it is mikveh. And, and when you're baptized, when you're mikveh, it's supposed to be very symbolic. Not only are you leaving an old life behind because you, you're washing it off and, and you're being buried in some sense when you go under the water, but their emphasis is when you rise up, you're going to live a new life. You're doing something different. And they would be mikvahed when they went to the temple to serve at the temple. They'd be mikvahed when they would, uh, they were getting married because they're leaving the single life behind. They're entering into a married life. You'd be, you know, a number of reasons that you would undergo that kind of baptism. So baptism has very much to do with, in a few days, you're going to start living a new life because of the Holy Spirit. Now, couple that with the, the wonderful word that we have here in, in Greek, baptizo. Baptizo doesn't just mean you're going to get dunked and get wet. 
When something was baptized, it, the, the picture that you may have heard some of you is, is like a, a, imagine a, a, a ship, a wooden ship sinking in the water. And it's down there long enough that all the timbers are waterlogged all the way through. You ever seen wood like that? So, so this ship is not only wet on the outside of its timbers all the way around because it's under the water, but the water soaks all the way through it. That's baptizo. We actually have a, a recipe written in Greek from, from about a 150 years before Jesus about how to make pickles. And they say to make pickles, you take cucumbers and you dip it in boiling water. We tend to think of baptism as you're being dipped under. But they say you dip it in boiling water and then you baptize it in vinegar and spices. And so if you're baptized, it means it's soaking all the way through. Because you want that. Don't you, when you eat a pickle, do you just want it to be wet on the outside with vinegar and spices? No, you've just got a wet cucumber. A pickle means that it's soaked all the way through, right? We're supposed to get pickled in the Holy Spirit so that we can live a new life. And that's what he's telling them. He's telling them, you're, yeah, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are going to live forever. You've got a brand new life, but there's more. I want you to get pickled in this. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. So, and then he told them, I think we, you have to kind of go back and get me on again. He, oops. Then he says, we're there and now we're there. Okay. And then he explains it a little bit more about when you're baptized. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This baptism, this, this, this getting pickled in the Holy Spirit, that's going to change your life. It's changing your life because all of a sudden you've got a power source that's not coming out of your own will. You're getting plugged into something that you've never been plugged into. And because of that, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to talk about me and what you know about me, whether you know this much or this much. It doesn't matter. You're going to be telling people about me everywhere you go, whether it's close by or to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he's taken up into a cloud. He's seated right now at the right hand of the Father, ruling the universe, right? The bottom line is, when the Holy Spirit comes and you get this power, this power may work through you to be able to talk to people, to be able to um, encourage them, to be able to heal, to, to do miracles, to speak in languages you've never studied. That's what happened to the first disciples in this first experience, right? But it was so important to Jesus that people not merely be born again, but that they be empowered. He said, I got to go. If I don't go, you won't get this and you need this. I want you to have this because I want other people to know about me. And it's because God loves babies. It is important to Jesus that disciples tell non-disciples about him. He wants it. 
And if they don't get told, they don't know. So he commanded them to wait. And they waited and prayed for ten days. Remember, God our Savior wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And there's, you can only get there through Jesus. There's only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. That's the man, the Messiah, Jesus. If people don't know, they're not reconciled. Somebody had, if you're a Christian in here, you may not be, but if you're a Christian, it's because somebody told you. Somehow. If you're not a Christian in here, I'm glad you're here because you need to know. There is a way to know God. And it's through Jesus. And you've got to hear it. So, ten days later, on the day of Pentecost, which is what we're celebrating today, all the believers were meeting together in one place. There were probably more than the twelve. Because they were all the believers. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were sitting. I, I think that they were sitting in the temple, in the courts in the temple, because that was referred to with this very same word, house, to refer to the temple as well. I think they were sitting there because there were thousands of people in the temple courts. Then what looked like flames of, or, or tongues of fire appeared and they settled on each one of them. Something's going on. Do you think that got attention? I do. If you saw fire coming out of somebody's head, I think you'd look at it. Everyone present was filled with, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Instantly. It takes a ship hundreds of years maybe underwater. It takes God a split second when you say yes. How much more does the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Right? You ask and God's like, sure. Boom. And your life starts changing. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. And at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Why? Because they were commanded to be there because there's a celebration going on in Jerusalem. And they were commanded to come. If they could possibly come, they needed to be there. So they were there. They came from all over the known world back to Jerusalem to celebrate it. And when they heard the loud noise, this mighty rushing wind, sounded like a hurricane maybe. Everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Why was that surprising to them? Yeah. They were backwater. And, and um, Noemi, I'm going to pick on you. Okay? Your family is from Brazil. How many people in the state speak Portuguese? If you hear, not many, right? I mean, the ones, you, you know a bunch of them because you all get together and worship, right? Uh, so if you're walking through the mall and you hear somebody speaking Portuguese, does it grab your ear? Because don't, we don't speak Portuguese as a rule, right? So it grabbed their ear. They heard the, their own languages being spoken by the believers, and they were amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. The people are, these people are all from Galilee. Like you said, they're backwater. They're rednecks. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages about the wonderful things God has done. 
It caught their attention. They gathered around. How many of them gathered around? Thousands gathered around. Because 3,000 of them, we know what happened next, right? I mean, if, if you've read through this part of the Bible, you can go and read it in Acts 2. Just keep on reading. Peter stands up with, with the other apostles. He tries to explain, here's what's going on. We were told something like this was going to happen. The prophets, hundreds of years ago, Joel told us this was going to... And he starts telling them, this is what's going on. And it's all because of Jesus, whom you crucified. Well, you know, but he tells them what happened and who Jesus is. And that Jesus proved he's the Messiah. And, and you know, this promise is for you. And we know 3,000 of them said, Wow. I'm in. And they received the Holy Spirit. They were born again that day. They were actually baptized in, in, in mikvah pools all around the temple that day. Because they were entering a brand new life because they'd found their Messiah. And they'd been given a brand new life that would never fade or go away. And so they were baptized to show that that day. Now, don't you love this story? I mean, if you're a Christian, it's like 3,001 sermons. Like, dude, I want to preach it, you know. That's how I think. I don't know about y'all. But don't you like that? Doesn't that encourage you? Doesn't it like, wow, that's awesome. We want to see that today. Do you want to see that today? I want to see that today. Y'all want to see that today. Um the problem is we don't want to be the one saying it. We, we like it when somebody evangelizes, as long as it's not me. Do you know why? I think, first of all, it's because that, that people that are really gifted to evangelize, I mean, we call them evangelists, like Billy Graham. If you know who Billy Graham is. Because I've realized a lot of folks may not. Look him up. Googling. But, but people who are really evangelists are, are somewhere we figured out in, in the Christian church. Only 5% to 8% of people even have that gift. That means 92 to 95% of us don't. We're not evangelists. So that's the first reason. Second of all, probably because most of us aren't evangelists, we think evangelism is confrontational and distasteful. And you've got to yell at people. And you've got to be disagreeable with them and tell them they're sinners. Because that's what evangelists do, right? No, that's, it's not. If you're not a Christian, I mean, maybe, maybe you've seen people like that, but I want to tell you, that's... It's not our heart. And, and, and if that's offended you, I get it. I'm a little offended myself by it. Some people need to hear that, though. You know, I get it. Some people do need to hear that. But, but really, the message is that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross because there's no other way to find reconciliation between God and man. You don't have to understand it. He'll teach you about that. But... And he died on that cross. His name was Jesus. And he was buried. And then he, three days later, he rose from the dead. Because God loves you that much. And God wants you to be his child because he wants to have a relationship with you. There's no other way to have a relationship with you unless you say, 
okay, I don't get it, but I, I, I want it, so I'll trust you by believing that. Because God loves you. That's the message of the gospel. Yeah, you're a mess, but you probably know it too. Christians are a mess. The problem is we don't always recognize it. But we're a mess too. And we need to be cleaned up and raised up and and taught things so that we can get to be more mature. That goes for everybody in this room, right? All right. So we're we're doing this series. uh, Let me get to that one in a second. We're doing this series called Shine. And, And it's how to be light in a dark world. Because most of us aren't evangelists, but yet we're called to shine out there. Because the world needs, needs people who bring light instead of more darkness, right? And you shine, and, and you don't even realize how much you shine out there if you just don't cover it up. And that's what God calls us to do. Because God loves everybody, and God loves babies. And He wants more babies here. He wants more babies here. And that's why he told the disciples, you've got to wait on this until you get pickled by the Holy Spirit and you, you have a new power to live a different life. That's what the, the giving of the Holy Spirit is about. That's what the baptism is about. It's to give you the power to shine. And you don't have to be an evangelist in one of those three to eight percenters. Five to eight percenters. You don't have to be that to shine. You don't have to be that to walk being powered by something greater than you and making a difference. And so we're going to talk about how non-evangelists can do that. Evangelists will be able to do it too. But how if you're a believer, you'll be, you can shine in this world. So we'll spend a few weeks unpacking that. One of the things that we're going to do is in August, we're starting an alpha class here. Um, an alpha class is a way to introduce non-believers to the concept of, of Christianity, to tell them about Jesus in a way that allows for discussion and questions without getting mad at them. And lets them talk, lets atheists come and talk and share their ideas in a, in a conversation. We believe everyone should have the chance to explore the Christian faith. Ask questions and share their point of view. So bring your questions. Join us for a good dinner and good discussion. We're going to start this August 18th is our, our, uh, our starting time for that. We're going to need your help. That's one way you can shine. Um, talk to Dennis Kellerman about that, by the way. He's, he's kind of pulling that together on our behalf. But that's one way. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk more about what the disciples did in speaking about the wonders of God and how other people had questions. We'll talk about that one next week. But today I want you to know that God loves babies. We're getting, I, somehow I went to something I shouldn't have gone to. Can you go back to the sermon? Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and go down to the, the shine slide, if you will, down at the end. Today, I want you to know that God loves babies. 
God loves babies. He wants some babies in, the, in his family. He wants, his, he wants more people to become his children. It was his idea to give us the Holy Spirit, to give us the power to join him in the quest that the whole world would come to know him. We simply tell others about him. And we watch him work miracles in their lives. If you're a Christian, you have a call to do this. You also have a choice. You can choose to do it or not. You may have, you may have asked the Lord many times to fill you and baptize you in His Holy Spirit. And God is so good. How much will He give you the Holy Spirit? He will. But you have a choice on whether or not you'll use that power to make babies. You have the choice. I want to encourage you to make the choice just to tell other people. I want to encourage you because the Lord says that word about him is going to go through every nation of the world so that everyone can hear. And have the opportunity to come. I want to encourage you to make the choice to say, oh God, give me your power for that. And then watch what he does and be willing to open your mouth when the time comes. That's why we're doing this series. But it was his idea to give you the Holy Spirit to help you and, 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 and enable you to do things that you don't even think you can do. To have those conversations, whether they're in public or in private, in big ways or small, to tell people that God loves them so much that he sent his son. Who went to the cross to overcome all the things that keep us from God. And that he was raised and still living and he'll come back again one day. People need to know that. That it's real. That it happened in history. We have a privilege and an obligation to shine in this dark world. And if you'd like to ask God to fill you or fill you again with His Spirit so you can rely on His power instead of yours, let's just stand and ask Him to do it. So that we can shine. Yeah, man. I saw you stand. Go ahead. We can stand. If you want to ask God to fill you so that you can shine in a dark world, let's just ask. And then we're, after we do that, after we ask him, I'm just telling you what's coming next. If you're not a believer in Jesus, but you want to be, when everybody else starts with the Nicene Creed, I'll meet you out here and, and we'll pray together and start that thing. And you get to be born again. You get to be a, a child in the family of God. And I'll meet you out there. But first, Christians, you're standing because you want to shine with his power. So let's just ask him. I'll ask on behalf of all of us and you ask for you. Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit like you did on Pentecost? Would you fill us and yeah, I'll say it, pickle us, change us all the way through so that we can live a new life of shining, of being ones who get to tell others what we know. Oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit. Give it to us, oh Lord. We're asking you, baptize us in your Holy Spirit like you did back then. Do it today. Do it here. Do it with us, oh God. 
so that your kingdom can come and your will be done around this world. Yes, God. Yes, God. Keep on seeking the Lord right now. And I want you to receive from him because when a gift is offered, there's a way that you have to take it. Don't expect that you're going to be, you might be, but don't expect that you're going to be overwhelmed and made to do something like a marionette on a string. That's not how God works. God promises that when we ask, that he gives. And if you have asked, he is giving. You may or may not feel anything different, but you have a power and the capability to be different and to step out in things you never thought you could. Lord, we praise you because you are pouring out your Holy Spirit right now. We praise you and we want, we want to receive it and take it in. Lord, we want it to, to change us from our innermost point all the way out. But thank you because you are faithful to your word. And you give to those who ask. Oh Lord, give here. Keep giving. Keep giving as we worship you for the rest of today. Empower us.